1: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn, local talk to start your weekend right. And now Laurie and Lynn on WILK.
3: Good morning. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I feel good. Yeah, I had a real tough time the beginning of this week. Uh, My allergies were absolutely out of control. I I just, I hate when that happens, and I don't know what triggers it, but I know it was a bad week for people who have allergies with uh, tree pollen and Mm -hmm. grass, and those are two biggies for me. So I it was sneezing all day, day yesterday. Mm-hmm. You what? Yeah. I sneezed all day yesterday. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, I weird. had now, much more than that, but... Yeah. I just... It was weird. I've been waking up a little congested because I had my window open a little bit, so that's just what yeah. happens, you know? At least, you yeah. know, that's... What are you going to do? But, but I'm telling you... I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't... Now, me the baby. Look outside and see all these trees in bloom and the yep. flowering trees and the purples and the pinks, and it's just beautiful. I just it love is. it. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And um, I'm very happy this morning. Well, I heard yesterday, but I read in the paper today that the Go Go's made it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, baby. All right. Love the Go Go's. Love them. Mm-hmm. Todd Rudgren and, um, Tina Turner and the Foo Fighters and Jay Z and somebody else who I can't remember, but I was so excited about the Gold Coast. Yay. <laughs> very happy. Well, they were my favorite chick bands. My, they're good. It was good. We went to the city. We had a very nice time and, um, it was raining. So it was yucky. and we ate at my favorite pizza pasta cool place called Kesti, um, in the, uh, financial district on gold street. And it's great. And they will do anything they have on their menu, gluten-free, including the pizza Yay. that if you put pizza next to anyone else's a regular, they like Meyer had his regular pizza. And if you put you, you can't even tell it's absolutely delicious. So we had a very nice time and, um, The ride was, you know, going in was a little weird. It was uh, getting into the Holland Tunnel took us an hour, like just Ah. to get to the, uh, it was a pain, but there were, there was no traffic the whole time until like miles before the tunnel. It was horrible, but that's New York, New Jersey for you. So what are you going to do? So we had a good time and we came home and um, it was all good. So um, that's nice. Even though it was a yucky weather, it was still nice to be with the ones you love. Well, yeah. And um, speaking of the ones we loved, we were with you last night, and I know whatever um, you want to talk about on the end of... Oh, did you see I corrected, sh- uh, Shirley, you can't be serious? I can see that. I just see. <laughs> I thought when I came nuts that I. Yeah, I thought. Oh my God! I put. I said. That I, I misquoted it, so I had to get. I even watched. I googled it just to make sure. I was. <laughs> oh God! Uh, I like well. when she when he said, um, "Sir, the uh, captain would like to see you in the cockpit." What? The cockpit? Well, that is the front of the plane where the pilots. <laughs> <laughs> that is the dumbest movie but it's the best. I oh, absolutely love it. I love them all because you have oh. to watch them more than once because there's so many sight gags that oh, you miss because you're listening. Yeah. but they're so <laughs> funny. <laughs> they're worth it to so and see. It's that Leslie Nielsen is he, he's so deadpan, you know. It's just yep. great. I love them. Oh yep. man. But anyway, so I had to correct that with our Shirley so Okay. All right. Yeah. Well. So I did this morning. So, and Google so to make sure. Mother's Day uh, on my end was relatively... Quiet, um, right? A non-event. Yeah. Yeah. Except that I have to say that my you stepson son sent me a beautiful bouquet of flowers. And yep. uh, I thought that was really nice. Really, yes, really nice. I said to you, that was lovely of him to do yeah because you are I mean you've been with his dad for a long, long, long time, so um yep. and you're so good to them, and you're you, that's a wonderful thing, so it's and they're beautiful too. He did a great job, they and are. you said the lilies popped right it literally it popped overnight, yeah the lily was I all it. it was all tucked in, and I, I know for days, he kept saying to me. Do you think that's ever going to bloom? I said, well, if it doesn't bloom by tomorrow, forget it because it's been in there for six days and it's been looking exactly the same. We came downstairs the next morning and the whole thing, it was as if it had a like, hello. Yeah. Unbelievable. I love it. I so love it. It was fun to see that. I, I really liked that. That was great. Um and, and then I think it was a special one too for my uh my sister, my yep uh, my niece, because that was her first Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And that was quite wonderful. And I guess they all went out for dinner somewhere. And that's nice. So yay for all that. And then in two weeks we'll be there for the uh the wedding, wedding. reception for the same couple who mm-hmm. got married more than a year ago. Um, by a Zoom wedding and uh, never got around to having their reception. So that's what we're going to do. And it's nice because we'll get family all together. The timing was good because now people can travel and most of us have been, not all of us have been vaccinated. And so it, it should be a nice time. Really good. I'm looking forward yep. to it. Yes. It'll be wonderful. So, yeah, and so she'll be a beautiful bride. bride. She will where, be. Where is this at? Where, where would they have the reception? Where they they It's holding? at it it's at a, a conference center that uh is owned by her alma mater and it was owned formerly by Temple. And um I, I forget what it's called, there's a name to it that I we pass by it all the time. It's right on Germantown Avenue into uh chestnut hill Mm -hmm. and it's a i've never been in there but you can see from looking at it it goes way back it was it was formerly a mansion a house that belonged to somebody and uh had like 35 acres of land all around it and it was kept as part of um, an educational system and it went from i forget somebody to temple Temple to um, to her alma mater, which is Chestnut Hill College, and it, it's. I can't wait to get there because we passed it for years and years and years, and I've never seen it, so I can't wait to go in there and take a look I at know. it. It's beautiful. And which day is it? The Saturday or the Sunday of Memorial? The Saturday. Okay. Saturday. Now, will you stay then the whole weekend with your sisters, or will you come back? No. No, we're going to stay. Um, I'm not even staying at my sister's. We're going to be there for Friday night. No, but you'll be re- near her.
2: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but I mean in that for the neck of the Rehearsal dinner.
3: Yeah. And then um, Saturday is, is the reception, and we're coming back on Sunday. Great. So, and uh, your favorite paper boy is coming up. Yay! Otherwise known as my brother, Um, yes, William Evans in Florida, and uh, he's coming with his wife, and his one daughter is joining them with uh, her fiance, and they will be getting married in Charleston in December. So that'll be fun. No, that's wonderful. Well, we are going to take a quick break. I go, oh, No, we have a couple more minutes. Okay. Yeah, we go forty-eight before. That. Yeah. Um, so now, what about the other daughter, Billy? Um, she is. Uh, she said she's staying in uh, in Florida. She has a, I think he's a four-year-old at this point, and they they just have too much going on. They couldn't leave. He's in real estate, and I guess it's just insane. So they are not going to be with us but um her sister will and that's good. I realize we haven't seen them in three years. Just because wow. that's just the way it worked out, you know. So I'm glad that they will be they will be coming here. So they're gonna stay at a um little B and B. No, sorry, it's a um Airbnb and they're staying in the place near what they call the Old City, you know where that is. And uh, they plan on on really just uh, making a couple days out of the whole thing, and going to see all the historic places, and having some fun. So, it'll be good. Good. So that's that stuff. Um, what else is going on? You know what, on? Lynn? It's always the, the the good thing is that it's you know coming on the hopefully the back end or coming out of the back end of this virus pandemic. It'll be so good just to be with people and um, your family and see them and be able to hug them and be near them and you know it's all yeah. it, that'll that'll be and celebrate something wonderful, which is. You know, the baby and the wedding. So, it's great. Yeah. Well, the reception, because they're already technically married. Is she getting yeah. remarried in the... Okay. No. Right. No. They said they're just going to show it as a video. Oh, and, um, all right. On a big screen. And uh, they'll show the ceremony. And it's only, with 15 minutes, I think, the whole thing. And then um, after that, they'll just... Turn the lights on and they'll do the thing where they come out as, you know, Mr. and Mrs. and blah, blah, blah. And they do all that stuff. So it'll just pick up where it left off. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be fun. And no, it will uh, be neat. It will be. It'll be nice to have that kind of hang out with the family and, and friends and see people that uh, my sister's friends, who, many of whom were originally from Scranton when they the all nurses and they all moved down there together and started this great adventure. Um, uh-huh. All of them got married to men they met from Philadelphia and they've all raised families and it's just really cool to see that when you think yes, of who they, they were, and they graduated work. from CMC's last class of nursing oh. students. Yep. Love it. So it was all good. That's weird. With CMC, That, that how old is your sister? Uh, she's a are your you younger sure younger it was the age, last 60. class? I think they... Yeah. You, really? Because I, mm-hmm. I thought my, some of my friends went to CMC in high, from high school. Really? That's weird. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, okay. I thought that's what she told, she told me, but okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe. I'm wrong. I'm going to have to check that out. Because we know she where the school in, was. 73. What? She graduated in 73. 70. Yeah. That, from high school or nursing no, school? From nursing school. All right. Okay. I'll check it out. That's cool. All right, okay. Well, I'm we're going to take a good quick break. Enough. Yeah, we'll take a quick break. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn,
2: the Laurie and Lynn show, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from W.I.L.K.'s Morning News with Webster and Nancy, and I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden, and more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd, open doors, and build and nurture relationships. With Laurie Cadden Enterprises, you get, ta-da, Laurie Cadden and her 20-plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399, 357-8399, or email Laurie, Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at Laurie lauricadden.com, L-A-U-R-I-E-C-A-D-D-E-N.com. Laurie Cadden Enterprises, because it is who you know.
1: ERA One Source Realty, always there for you. Here's Lori and Lynn.
3: Hi, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am a financial planner and also a managing director of a company called Women of Substance LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. That's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many others. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I have a a bunch of... I have a bunch of things to tell you. Lots of stories. Okay. Um, but have you been reading um, your AARP magazine? No, not I haven't. Bulletin. I didn't look at it. The newest one, no. Well, this is not the newest one. It's, it's the one with George oh, well, Clooney on the cover. Yeah. I did see yeah, m- yeah. February, March, uh-huh. 2021. Okay. Yeah. So. I was looking through that, and there was one in particular that I wanted to read, because the theme of this uh, this one here is um, this one is about be your own money manager, and it's interesting because it does talk about things like, you know, you should sell your own house and save commissions and things, and I said, "You know." I don't think so. Well, that's not I, that. I that. We won't even have that discussion considering we no, have you know, a realtor on the other is. end of the line. Yeah. That's BS. <laughs> that's crazy. Start, Start your letter. own estate plan, find your own insurance, prepare your taxes. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No. Great. Well, obviously this first one I want to talk about because I think it's very important that this represents a lot of people. and. Probably really close to home. It's called When the Bills Came Due. Leslie Speed never worried about finances until widowhood gave her no other option. For more than three decades, Leslie Speed had a simple rule for sorting the mail. Anything related to money went straight to her husband, Bob. A math whiz and a footwear industry veteran, Bob was happy to handle their bank accounts, pay bills, and invest their IRAs. He planned ahead, too, buying a term life insurance policy that would pay Leslie $300,000 if he died before turning age, age 72. All that was fine with Leslie, who balanced working as a teaching assistant with raising the couple's three daughters. I never paid a bill, she said. I was clueless. Starting around 2017, however, Bob began to act strangely about money. He started buying more skincare products than he could possibly use. He ordered things in multiples, Leslie remembers, three electric razors. Complaining of memory lapses, Bob was tested for cognitive decline, and the diagnosis was dementia. Life didn't change immediately. Bob, who had lost his job in a mass layoff in 2018, had been hired at the local Habitat for Humanity Restore, thanks to his retail experience. This would have been a good time for Leslie to dive into the finances, she acknowledges. But partly because of her own anxieties around money, she didn't. His dementia didn't seem to impair him badly, and she didn't want to hurt his feelings. Eventually, Leslie had no choice. In December 2019, Bob experienced a sudden decline. He woke up one day and didn't know what year it was or how to put his seatbelt on, she said. I remember him going to pay the bills, and he told me it took him two hours to write two checks. The next several months were some of the most difficult of her life, she said. I woke each morning with trepidation as to how he would behave that day. The pandemic prevented family and friends from helping her care for Bob. At the same time, Leslie was trying to piece together information about their finances. Bob couldn't remember his account passwords, which neither he nor Leslie had ever found Able to get into his computer, she and her daughters would get password reset links emailed to Bob's inbox and then create new passwords and logins. That's that's wonderful. I'm just going to say as an aside, if you know what his username was. If you don't have a username, very often you can't get in to get to the password reset. Sometimes you can, but God bless them if they did that. Most of her discoveries were unpleasant ones. Leslie thought they owed less than 100,000 on their four-bedroom home in New York. In fact, they owed 130,000. They owed 12,000 dollars on an overdraft account and a credit card, much more than she thought. Bob's two IRAs held a total of 200,000, not the three to 400,000 she expected to be there. I kept thinking there must have been more money somewhere, but there isn't. And then there was that $300,000 in life insurance. After Bob died in June of last year at the age of 69, Leslie, then 63, began hunting for the policy. She found that he had paid his last quarterly premium in December of 2018. The policy had lapsed and the insurer denied the claim. I wasn't angry, she said. I just felt sad because I knew that Bob so wanted to make sure his family was taken care of financially. She actually went to her church and the chair of the uh, pastoral committee referred her to a financial advisor in New York. He had her write down all of her expenses to help her see where her money was going and where she could save money. So she added it all up, food, mortgage, property taxes, a car payment, and other obligations. Her basic expenses before adding in clothing, emergencies, and other daily costs came to roughly 3700 a month. As for income, she had the salary from her $23,000 a year teaching job, which she was able to keep. And then her Social Security survivor benefit came to nearly 2800 a month. Based on these numbers, the financial advisor told her she'd have to sell the house and downsize or come up with some other living arrangement. She said she looked at an apartment to rent and it was so depressing that she left crying. She put off her housing decision and started calling companies she was paying to ask how she could lower her costs. Later, she did find a housing solution. Her daughter, Amber, and her husband, along with their children, are planning to move in with her once they sell their home in a nearby town. This makes the most sense as she has a toddler and a newborn that I can help with and they can help me financially, said Leslie. Today, Leslie logs into her bank account twice a week to make sure she has the money to pay all her bills. And she started filling in a personal journal, what my family should know, a guide for those left to handle my affairs. In it, she's entered information about all her financial accounts, among other things. She said, "My daughters will not go through what I did." Thank you, because that's what I've been preaching for years. So, I would hope that anybody listening, if you have any issues like that, please give me a call or go to my website, Lynn S. as in Sam Evans. dot com. Plenty of information on there and ways that you can contact me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, so that is true. I, I thought and that it, was great. You know, that h- having a book, Lynn, uh, or some type of a journal with that information is very helpful. Very helpful. It is. It is. It's something that it's everybody even helpful to to yourself do. <laughs> you no? Know? Yeah, it is. I usually keep most of my information on my phone so that usernames and passwords are in there, but they're behind some screens or whatever. So I I make sure I do that. And actually it's a good idea for everybody to put that stuff down on paper um, or in a, a file on the computer and make sure that somebody has access to that. Someone that you trust that we're right. able to get into that, because that is just—it's not anymore like you can go through uh, a folding Someone's file folder. and right. all that right. stuff. We just mm-hmm. don't do it anymore. It's all on a nope. computer. I know. So it's really got <sighs> to be someplace where somebody can help you figure this out. Right. Anyway, that's that's one thing I want to, and and also we have to add, um, there's a book out there called Power of the Purse <laughs> that oh, I know. wrote That is chapters about this kind of thing and how you can help yourself to get smart about money before you actually have to. And that's not the best time to, to try when mm-hmm. things are really bad. Um, maybe, one can, of the they things- all, maybe they can also read my book, Power of the Microphone. Okay. <laughs> <that I have. laughs> didn't know about that. When did you publish that one? Oh, a couple of years ago. I just haven't been talking about it. So I guess not. I, I guess think I could write a book called that though, so that's pretty yeah, good. I think you could. I think I'm gonna start. <laughs> yes. I think in all should. my spare time. Yeah. There you go. In all your spare time. Right. <laughs> and we talked about uh George Clooney, you know, in yes. that was, yes. did you read that whole article? I did. Okay. I'm curious, and, and again, I don't want to talk about that part, but the one part it was I find found to be very, very interesting, his take on finances. Uh-huh. Is that the part you mean? I didn't get mean? there. I, oh, no, I didn't okay. get that far. I was looking at something at the end that I wanted <laughs> to, to leave us all on a little lighter note. And, But I also want to say, too. Before I forget this, this is the week everybody's got to file their taxes. And if you haven't done it and you're scared about it, you can always go to the AARP Foundation and they will get your taxes done for free. So you can't use that anymore as an excuse. The AARPfoundation.org backslash taxes. Okay. Important. Yep. But this one this was about George Clooney's, the last part of the interview, you'll probably remember it. The guy named Joel Stein, who is the the man who did the article in here about George Clooney. He said, "Um, two days after we talked, I play two minutes of my recorded Clooney Zoom call from my 11-year-old son. I wanted to make sure we properly followed the new wisdom my guru imparted. One at the joyous epicenter of that bubble on the level between man and guy. I'll let Clooney explain. Yesterday, this is Clooney, says this. Yesterday, I taught Alexander to take a piece of banana, chew it up, and then spit it into a napkin, Then stand next to his mom, pretend to blow his nose into it, and look yep. down until mama looks at it. Then eat <laughs> it. It's just Ugh. outrageously Ugh. fun, he said. That that is he is gross. I saw classic. He's such a prankster. He's a prankster. He loves yeah, he is. it. loves it. Yep. Loves it. And she, really like, can funny. you imagine, like, him doing that to her? Because she just seems to be so, like, proper. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And he's completely yeah. out there. Yeah. He well, George completely Cooney, out there. <laughs> yeah, he and I are the Well, his birthday. He's going to be 60 this year, too, so... Okay. He's one of my 1961-born boys. I don't know. I forget. It did say, but he's, or maybe he just turned. Maybe he already did, but he's 60 this year.
4: Yeah. Oh God. And he has, what,
3: been, like, like three or four-year-old twins? Yes. Yeah. Ugh. And the, the cover says at 59, he's taking risks. So I guess, yep. yep, this is this year that he will turn 60. Yes, 60. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he is a handsome buck. He's a good, I like Yes, him. he is. I do, too. Yeah. I love the way cool. he's just so off the cuff about things, too. Yep. He doesn't yeah. take himself seriously. <laughs> no, he really doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. He's great. That's the cool part. Yeah, he said for 10 years, he's declined offers to be on the cover of this magazine, although he did consider doing it as a joke when he turned 50. I wanted to do a funny bit, which would be sexiest man still alive. I would have done some funny pictures like with a walker. But they said now that I'm about to turn 60, it's not as funny. He said, I always say to my dad, I'm middle aged. And he goes, you know, a lot of 120 year olds. (laughs) there you go I like it on Uh that note we're going to take a break and we'll be back with our guest expert from VREC when we return you're listening to The Laurie Lynn Show
0: and other free info on the site. Remember, money's not the enemy. Your ignorance of it is.
3: Business Banking at Fidelity.
5: We have a great relationship with Fidelity. They're like family with us. They're right next door to my business. If there's ever a problem, just one phone call, I don't even have to go to them. They come to me. It's great. I love being in the business, this was meant for me. We're very busy, I'm running every day and I love to stay busy. So that's why I need a bank that's gonna be there for me when I need them. Back in 2006, we were having a problem with our lease in our other building. We were looking for a place to go. We stumbled upon this this location. It's right in the heart of downtown, right in the, the middle of the city and it happened to be right next to Fidelity Bank. They went out of their way for us to get this building. It was wonderful and it's been a great relationship ever since. I have a business line of credit with Fidelity that gives me buying power. My credit card machine runs through Fidelity. My checking account, uh, my payroll taxes, they take care of it all for me. I bank with Fidelity, don't you?
3: Member FDIC.
1: It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn.
3: Hi, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director and a financial planner with a company called Women of Substance LLC. That's a financial planning firm in Clark Summit, which is specifically for the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. And that's available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and several other places. And. Uh, Laurie may join us. I'm not sure she was called away, so she may jump in here anytime. But we are here today with our guest expert from the Veterinary Referral and Emergency Center in Clark Summit. And her name is Dr. Adrian Bro. And Dr. Bro is an emergency clinician and an exotic clinician, and we're going to talk about what that means. But first of all, welcome Dr. Bro.: Thank you very much. I'm glad to be on here. Can't wait to hear all this story. So tell us, I know you've recently joined the REC, but I I think that it's important to note that your expertise is, besides the fact that you are uh, a veterinarian, you also Mm -hmm. have a specialty in this area called exotic animals. So tell us
6: what, what that means and what do you do? Yeah, so I, I do have to clarify that um, the word specialty specifically means like if you're a specialist, you have an extra board certification on top of your normal degree. Um, so mm-hmm. I, while I have a lot of experience in it, unfortunately, I cannot call myself a specialist. However, that being said, I actually am interested in taking those boards. So I'm actually actively working on that. Um, what it means for the most, <laughs> Yeah, yay. Um, what it does mean is that I um, have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge um, that a lot of just general practitioners don't have when it comes to a lot as different species. Um, Specifically, my area of interest and what I have the most passion for and and knowledge for would be reptile and amphibians and wildlife in general. Um, uh, I... um, I kind of approached Dr. Denova um, at, at the veterinary referral and emergency center um, as kind of an idea that like on top of seeing emergency cases, I really wanted to continue working with these animals that kind of have an underserved population in veterinary medicine. Um, mm-hmm. One of the biggest things to know is that reptile and amphibians are actually one of the largest growing populations of pets in America. Um, the bearded dragon is actually the number one growing pet. Um, and wow. so like it is definitely, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it is definitely something that is becoming more and more popular. The younger generations are getting these guys instead of cats and dogs. Um, I've had owners that basically have said that they've had cats and dogs their entire lives and their bearded dragon is their favorite pet. Um, so like it is definitely something Why? that's, you know, that's blossoming. Um, so I, I really wanted to be able to keep that going on, um, I, uh, I I think that um, a lot of uh, private practitioners want to be able to help these guys, but they don't have a lot of experience, and so it's nice to have some someone that you can either refer to or call to if you have um, any like questions. And I'm definitely open to that if anyone has any questions. Um, but for the most part, I one of the most important things in reptile and amphibian medicine is husbandry, and so like that's probably like two thirds of what we see in terms of diseases and preventable uh, conditions come just with information um, which is readily available but definitely there's lots of misinterpretations and conflicting information on the internet and social media. Um, So I just wanted to make sure that people are aware that like getting in and getting the information that you need at the beginning of ownership can definitely completely change the outcome of like your pet's life. I mean, that's kind of the same for all species, but even more so for the exotic species. So I have been very forward um, with saying that I am willing to see lots of different species, especially on an emergency basis, because right now there's, it's so hard for people to get in even to see their normal vets. So I'm, we are willing to see like small mammals, which include like, you know, rabbits, guinea pigs, ferrets, mice, gerbils, all those. Um, I, I definitely, um, I'm willing to see all like the wildlife in terms of like small, small birds. We don't have the appropriate equipment or some of the medications needed for the avian species though. Um, Mm-hmm. So like we like that's the one thing that we probably can't help as much other than like an exact like emergency need to get them in stabilized situation. Um yeah. but yeah, so those those are kinda like the, the big species. I I um we So we you work don't do with birds? I don't do birds. Um, Yes, I mean, that being said, like right now, yeah, right now is basically like, it's the, basically that it's gonna be like the nesting season for all the birds. So like, I I definitely am seeing like injured wildlife, fledglings, things like that, um, that need to be seen that we, but the understanding that they are not gonna be staying at the practice, they're going to be like pretty much stabilized and immediately transferred to an appropriate rehabilitation facility.
3: Let me ask you a question of something you just mentioned before which I'm really fascinated by. You said about the bearded dragon. Oh, uh, yeah. My thought is that when you talk about bearded dragons, they're things that are almost the size of alligators. I mean, am the I am I right? No, no,
6: no. no, okay. no, no. Bearded, yeah, bearded dragons are probably less or less than like a foot from, like, the tip of the nose to the tip of the tail, with some being even smaller, like, much smaller than that. Uh, you're probably thinking you more... Them? So it's usually they're... they're ages? In, they're in like large terrariums um that usually like you can get really nice expensive setups um usually the um they're they're native to Australia, so they actually can live in both arid and mostly like um like almost like Piedmont kind of uh, climate so they're pretty adaptable mm-hmm. um but they're also they have amazing ridiculously adorable personalities. Um, they tend, <laughs> people like tend to dress them up. They have little harnesses with wings on them. People like, you know, and, and they love to sit on their owners because they like the heat. So they'll just sit there and cling with. So people will like, will cuddle with them when they're watching oh like shows God. and everything. And I've been, mean, I've treated.
3: I never knew that.
6: Oh, yes, and then they also make they make pretty good classroom pets, like um Puff the classroom dragon is one of my patients, or was one of my patients, and then um Spike at the Bethlehem Public Library for the kids library is it like a patient like these guys do really well, they sit and look at you, they cock their head to the side and look at you with their eyes, and like they do all these adorable little expressions and um they're they're pretty and they're not graceful they're like the least graceful thing i've ever seen, so they're like <laughs> adorably goofy um, and uh not they grateful. No, they're not graceful whatsoever. They're, and they're basically just like spiky pancakes. Um, they like to like flatten themselves out. So they're incredibly adorable. Um, and they, they have a tendency to um, like do well with children. So a lot of owners end up getting them for their kids as like a starter pet. Um, and then yeah. kind of are like, oh my gosh, the owner like falls like the... the like this thing. Unfortunately, I apologize if I if I interchange the word owner and parent, I keep doing that a lot. Um, so, like, I'll say the parent. I mean, like, the owner, uh, the parent will uh, fall in love with the the bearded dragon and instead of, like, the child. Instead, it's, like, the parent's uh, pet. Yeah. Um, so, those, yeah, those guys are really popular. Um, and what so it's, I mean, mean, I do... Th- um, they're, um, omnivores. So, um, when they're babies, they're mostly, they're mostly carnivorous and they eat much more frequently as they get to be older. They're supposed to be getting a lot more greens. Um, in captivity, they tend to be spoiled and they tend not want to eat the greens, but that's really, really important for them to, to, um, have a largely herbivorous diet as they get older.
3: And do they, uh basically, are they,
6: they one only type pets or are they good? Yes, you, don't, they you don't keep them in captivity. Yeah, you don't, so you can, like, you can have multiples, but they shouldn't be kept together. Um, aggression okay. between, between them. They do these actually really adorable, uh, interesting uh, visual behavior towards other bearded dragons. Like, um, for example, if they are trying to, to show dominance, they'll head bob. Kind of like you've ever seen oh. an iguana kind of do the same thing, like they'll head bob. But the really mm-hmm. weird one, and if you, you can definitely Google this in video, is that when they're Trying to show submission to the other beardy, they'll take one of their front arms and do this bizarre, adorable wave. It's like this, like literal. It's like this exaggerated wave motion. It's it's really interesting. Like you know, just really weird stuff that like you're like if you you know you didn't know you would have no idea what's going on. Um, but yeah. they they they're, yeah they're very they're very adorable. Um, so they're they're I see a lot of those. Those are probably the number one. Uh, reptile that I see actually at this point point. Um, and we definitely uh, like we unfortunately have to spay them a decent amount um, so because uh, one of the most common things that I see for like an overweight female is reproductive issues unfortunately um, so, as you can imagine it's kind of like a microsurgery <laughs> um, yeah. so my patients are like 400 grams and you're trying to do surgery so we oh my goodness
3: um, <laughs> well how about your little turtles
6: I hear you tell me yes. stories about your eastern box turtles right um, so I came through um, the NCSU North Carolina State uh University for the vet school and they have a very large it's um uh, turtle the Turtle rescue team that is a student-led organization that um, helps with the injured uh, reptiles and amphibians in North Carolina from across the state, taking in at this point upwards of 400 patients a year. Um, so my two box turtles came from basically my time working with the turtle rescue team um, where they're non-releasable. So one was hit by a car um, that had like multiple skull fractures. She actually had laparoscopic uh, procedure done at NC uh, the vet school um my other little one actually has had a CT cause she was hit by a lawnmower. Um, and, uh, is, uh, basically has, has pelvic trauma that prevents her from flipping herself back over. Um, so basically oh it's like, goodness. right. So they're, they're basically in order, in order to release these guys. And I, I can't emphasize enough the importance of not taking these guys from, um, from the wild, uh, in, in, in Pennsylvania, these guys are um, a species of special concern because the populations of almost every land turtle, um, in, most aquatic species in in the world are actually on a precipitous decline, um, mm-hmm. and that's partially because the fact that we they reproduce so much later in life; they are not reproductively active until so they're like ten to twenty years old, um, and we are unfortunately wow. killing them off way faster. Yeah, so unfortunately, it's a it's a real it's a, it's a huge issue with the, almost the majority of like the most endangered species actually being some other, some turtles um, in the world. So. Um, the, so these guys basically, again, they're, they're non-releasable, um, but, uh, and they're kind of grandfathered in, cause unfortunately in Pennsylvania, it is definitely illegal to take in wild native turtles from, um, from the wild. Um, so well, if you guys, great. if any, yeah. And if anyone, again, if anyone is, is listening to this and finds an injured reptile or amphibian out in the wild, feel free to call V and I will come in to see it for sure. Okay. Wonderful. And that's perfect yeah. segue to tell us how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so they can just call. So we have um, I, on top of my emergency schedule, I'm sending updates where basically I can see these guys on like a more um, like habitual basis, so that um, uh, you guys don't have to come through emergency. Um, so they can just contact um, the um, the veterinary all and emergency center, uh, and you specifically want to see Dr. Bro um, for reptiles and amphibians. And I mean, the most adorable thing that I love is basically watching the transformation of the people that I work with because like, like, basically fall in love with these guys, go from being like, I don't want to touch a snake. I can't imagine like it's cold. Like I have no feelings for this to being like fascinated and then actually end up owning one, you know, like I've, and I've, wow. I've had vets, vet, you know, people that have gone into vet school that basically literally were planning to do equine only. And I'm like, they've changed their mind because with working with these guys, <laughs> they're like, this is amazing. And I like, don't think I can go back to not working with them. So, I mean, I'm like, that's one of the most... I love I, I love educating and kind of sharing this with people that these guys are just these amazing critters that I mean, people just have misunderstood for a very long time. Um, and I think uh, oh, the more yours. you learn, yeah, oh, yeah, it's and like the more you learning. learn about them, the more you're just like, wow, like these guys are yeah. insane. Um, to give you some examples, for example, like they we've they've shown that they can regrow parts of their spinal cord, like fuse things that are, should not be physically possible. They've shown so, like they like just amazing things that you're like, how, we, we are researching, actively researching some of the things that we are finding um, because we don't understand them um, and they could potentially help us in the future. That's like wonderful.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, we, we've run out of time here. So thank you so much, Dr. Bro from of Veterinary Referral and Emergency Center. And um, we're going to wrap it up for the day. So thanks everybody for listening. And as Laurie would say, <laughs> Be careful out there and be nice. Bye.